I'm stupid. That's Woo! the problem. Yeah, we're I'm back stupid. again. We're back again. We're here. So I forgot to. I recorded the first like five minutes and forgot to use my microphone. So I'm officially stupid. I'm going to. If I have any power or authority at all, it is to deem myself stupid, and I shall do such. So. Yeah, we were just talking about what we're excited about this coming weekend. And what we're excited about is the Long Island Pen Show. So myself, Tom, some of my buddies are going to be there. And we're really excited. My friends actually are also very excited because they know of the podcast. They know of you and they're looking forward to meeting you, Tom. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And it's always cool when you are able to introduce good friends with other good friends it's always exciting so i'm really looking forward to that nice you're going to make me proud i know it so you know what we were talking about also was how the universe is so expansive and awesome right and how the galaxy is just amazing but not just any galaxy the galaxy azumo from platinum is back in stock dude it's back these Absolutely gorgeous pens has thousands of hand laid pieces of rotten all over the pen's ebonite body. What that means is they don't just take a pen and dunk it into a bowl of sprinkles of rotten. Like Baskin no. Robbins. Right. They don't just, that's funny, Baskin Robbins. Yeah. I wish I thought yeah. of that. Yeah. I wish, yeah. They don't just take sprinkles and then drop it on it like, like sprinkles at Baskin Robbins. See, you stole my line from the first take. <laughs> Now now it doesn't sound natural. Now I sound stupid. Going back to the fact that I am stupid, so it all works out. Anyway, this gorgeous pen is then covered with seven layers of Yorushi lacquer to protect the gorgeous rotten and the whole pen. You should get one before they are out of stock, as they are only made on a very limited run. So it seems that Platinum, they like to take on the business model of Nintendo. Well, they'll make something cool that people want but don't make a lot of them, so everybody suffers from FOMO, fear of missing out, and are forced to buy it. So if you are going to buy it, which I think you should because it's an awesome writer, gorgeous pen, please check out the affiliate link in the description below to my good friends over at Gold Spot Pens. The affiliate link helps me out every time you make a purchase, so make all your purchases. And... Don't forget to use coupon code ROY at checkout for an additional savings on many of the products on the Goldspot website. There are some exclusions that do apply, but for the most part, you can save yourself extra money, an extra 10% on everything. That's across the board, even if there's already specials on it and stuff like that, except for the brands that are you know, too cool to be part of this whole thing, which there are a few, a little snobby, but that's okay. And last but not least, let's talk about my good friend Neil and his coffee company, BRLCoffeeCo.com. As I was saying before, everybody that I put on to BRLCoffeeCo.com coffee loves it. People are coming into my office with mugs just to fill their mug and taste the deliciousness. And I have several flavors in the office, and sometimes I don't even know what flavor is brewing, but they're all just so delicious. But I distinctly know that Kiss of Life is my favorite and when I taste that one I know it's Kiss of Life because it's a blonde roast has the highest caffeine content and it's very smooth and doesn't give you the crackhead jitters which I think is really important when it comes to caffeinated beverages right? it takes a dead sad Roy and makes it living yes 
I, kiss of life. I'm, I'm not. I like that. Mm-hmm. Don't be dead and sad. Be living. Be living. Kiss of life coffee. That's a good, and happy. That's a good line. Yeah. Caffeinated. Yeah. So not with the jittery monster energy drink like you had no. last week. Oh, zero oh so you so you actually watched the episode with Dr. Sarah Getch. I listened to it. I took it oh. in audio through my through my ears. I didn't watch yeah. I, I watched like a little bit part of it because I just wanted to see like how she was reacting to you, like talking about your fear of bears and things like that. So, right. you know, I just uh, but like I listened to it. So it was it was a good listen. Good. You know what else is going to be a good listen? This episode, episode number 138 of the Pentertainment Podcast. Thanks for joining us. And once again, I want to give you guys a quick disclaimer. This podcast is not scripted and therefore will contain potty mouth words, both from Tom and I, mostly from me. So be forewarned, you have been warned. Now, on to the podcast. The Pet Boy Roy Entertainment Podcast. Stage Savage. Do you remember when you were in school? Before we were learning to use pens or was that how it was for you growing up like you didn't get to use pens up until like third or fourth grade before that you always had to use pencil well they didn't trust you no one i mean i wouldn't trust a let's say a five six year old with a pen that has ink in it why no because I, they just they have hardly a bearing on actually going to the bathroom and not making a mess like and you're going to trust them with a pen that's fully loaded with ink yeah but it's not like pens like explode on the regular right like not that they explode but they then decide to be very creative with said pen and decide then to let's say write on the desk or write on a wall you know that's why Uh they make these color wonder things for crayola where it only reacts to the paper and if you try scribbling the marker on anything else it doesn't do anything oh that's interesting i didn't know that they made that they made a child product child proof great yes the, the reason i bring that up is because i remember when i was in i think first grade maybe or second grade i would have one pencil and i would try to utilize that one pencil for as long as possible until it becomes like a little stem of a pencil a little nub right so what i decided was ever since my recent move at work and stuff like that i f- i feel like I'm not going to be able or it's not practical to rock like $800 pens. So I went real down in the costs area so that I can use fountain pens at work. And that same mindset where I want to take one pen and see how long I can use it. Not just any pen, but a disposable pen and see how long I can utilize it so that it gets to the equivalent of a nub of a pencil. And the pen that I chose is just a cheapy old platinum preppy. And I decided to use this one because it looks very office supply store bought, right? It looks very standard. No one's going to notice it. No one's going to be like, oh, what is that? Are you writing with like one of those old feathers and stuff? You know what I mean? So so uh, if I'm understanding this correctly is it be is the reason why be, you're going down to the low end of the spectrum in terms of the bouginess of your pen is because you don't want to attract attention to these new coworkers that don't know your fetish about fountain pens yeah they don't know me enough they don't know that i'm a weirdo enough for me to start rocking pens like this you know what i mean and mm-hmm. 
I guess I don't really have the time to explain everything. You know what I mean? Word gets around. They know I have a YouTube channel. They know I have a podcast. Sometimes they'll bring it up to me before I even, I didn't even think of it. It's fine. But I kind of want to just be on the low key side. I've given away pens it. already because they brought it out, brought it up to me and stuff. Anybody that asks me for a pen at work, I'll give it to them. You know what no, I mean? No, but see, the thing is, though, they may not believe then that you're actually legit in what you do when you say you have a YouTube channel and a podcast about fountain pens if you're coming to work and all they see you with is a preppy wah. They would be kind of expecting something a little bit more exotic, I think. This is not a preppy wah. It's just a regular preppy. Oh, I thought Seems it was... Like oh. a, no, it does. It, I thought it had the design on the barrel. Oh, no, it's just it's the oh. printing. The preppy uh. wahs have sold out. I haven't been able to get one. I waited too long, like I no, said, I don't for think, people not to... I, I don't think the second edition of the Waz have actually hit the, the at least at the Goldspot um, warehouse. Oh, you have Preppy Waz? We're supposed to. Oh, good. I, I know we okay. have... Uh, I know that Goldspot has, like, the other, the last year's version. Some of them. Some designs are still oh. available. So. Well, why don't you just go ahead and send a fine point green one over I get, to me? There, yeah, there's the one that looks like uh, Minecraft. I could send you that one. I like that one. It Actually, I don't like to equate it to Minecraft. I like to equate it to, like, the background of a Super Mario Brothers 1988 video game. Okay. It's, like, pixelated and stuff like that. But, yeah, I, I want to see how, how long this takes me, see how far this takes me. I want to also do an experiment with my stupid brain. I want to see that knowing that they are so inexpensive and they're disposable. Will I lose this? Mm -hmm. I well, you've lost one platinum pen already this year. Oh gosh, you got to bring that, bring up the hurt, huh? Yes, bring up, bring, bring it up, up the, the hurt. hurt. Yeah, the plat, the platinum Kyrados. and we so thoroughly made fun of that pen, and then I ended up loving it, and then <laughs> losing it. But what is it to say? It's better to have loved a fountain pen and lost it than to never have had a fountain pen at all. That should be a shirt. That should be a shirt. We should get speaking hey, of shirts. You know, there will be <laughs> shirts at the Long Island Pen Show this weekend. Yes. We're gonna make it rain, freaking shirts. Yeah. Oh, if by the way, the it's Long... not called it's not called the Long Island Pen Show anymore. It's called uh, the New York Metropolitan Pen Show. Did you know that? That's, that's too much of a mouthful. They can join Narwhal and their silly name changing <laughs> antics. I'm still calling it what I call it. It's the Long Island Pen Show, and it's Narwhal. It's not the Metropolis. What the what the fuck is it called? The New York Metropolitan Pen Show, October fourteenth right, to the sixteenth. Over seventy five vendors buy and sell pens, repaired and adjusted, free appraisals. What does metropolitan mean? It means the whole New York metropolitan area, like all inclusive, even mm. like Connecticut and Pennsylvania and upstate New York. And New Jersey, well, which is where I'm why, coming from. Why do you think that they changed the name? I don't know. Because why do you think I, they change names when they change names? Were they sitting there thinking, Well, I mean, you know, like, look at do? it this way. If you said Long Island Pen Show, you'd be like, oh, well, you know, I'm not in Long Island. I'm not going to go. But if you say it's a New York Metropolitan Show, you're like, oh, this is more to do. I must go to this show if I'm anywhere in this vicinity. You think they were sitting there thinking, how can we improve this show? Yes. Not well, obviously internet. they didn't they didn't do anything about their website because it just basically has very bare bones information. Yeah, ten dollar admission per day. You get free parking. There's a great food court. 
There's two pictures of pens on here, and it says over 75 vendors featuring Fountain Pen Hospital, Kenro Industries, Federalist Pens, Mike's Pens, Toys from the Attic, Girologio, and many more. And that's it. I I think they could have saved the name changing and then fixed the website to add information such as what time does it start? Does it show what time it starts? I believe it's supposed to start at 10, just, just from what I've heard. But it does not say does right. not have a schedule on here. There's no so what time schedule. Should I, right. What time should I show up? If uh, I get there I would at eight o'clock, anywhere between eight. I mean, uh, between six and seven thirty in the morning, obviously. So, um, no, I would probably go between ten eleven. That's what I'm kind of aiming for. So, yeah, I'm I'm going to be there around ten. We'll keep we'll touch base, and then afterwards, yeah. I'm thinking about taking my buddies to an unlimited Korean barbecue spot. Does that sound like barbecue? Yeah. So does that sound something like you're down for after? I would do it. Yeah, because we're only going to be there for a couple of hours. Like, there's it's a small show. There's only so much you can do. Like, you can only run the table. There's only so many shirts that we could give out. Right. Right. I will be wearing a shirt. You will be wearing a shirt, and my buddies will be wearing a shirt. How about that? Are we all doing that? We all doing the Penboy Roy shirts. We're all doing the Penboy Roy shirts, and then whatever we can't give away, all we'll right. just dump. We'll just dump on the Kenroy <laughs> table and have them have them just throw them at people. Buy a pen, get a free shirt, or just get a free shirt, mm-hmm. <laughs> or just ask them nicely and just get a free right. shirt. Can you just take this? Take this. Hope they run out of toilet paper. Here you go. Here's some. Here's some wipes. Here's your complimentary Penboy Roy Pentertainment t-shirt to wipe your ass with. Right. So everybody's showing up. You've had your opportunity to buy them. You can no longer give us money for them. You can just take them. <laughs> and then if we have anything left over, we could just give them to the, the homeless on the way on the way back. We could just, just sprinkle it here and there. So Right. Yeah. Right. They're going to be like, what am I going to do with this and throw it out? So what do you suggest... What is going to, are you going to have a wad of cash you're bringing with you or are you going to, are you planning to spend money at all? Uh, you know, it, it's hard for me to spend money on pens, believe it or not, because I am exposed to it continually and I have so many, it's, it's like, it's like, it's, it's very, it's not very tempting to me because of the fact that I have such an expansive access of pens at all given times. So, mm-hmm. you know, but that being said, I know at pen shows, you're going to find some rare pieces that normally aren't in your everyday collections that right. are made currently. So, so you are, you are very exposed to pens, all kinds of retail brands, name brands, manufacturers and stuff like that. If you went to the Long Island Pen Show, what would prompt you to spend 300 bucks on a pen? It would probably be like a vintage, I would probably say. Like there there would yeah. have to be a really sexy looking pen that you know is no longer in production, maybe for ten, twenty years that had something interesting on it as far as nib was concerned. Like let's say Pelican four hundred N with like a semi flexible nib might or you know, raise the antenna. So is that something that has been on your mind for some time? Yeah. And that's why you brought it up? Yeah. It's, so, it's something that comes that comes up pretty quickly when I think of like, oh, well, if I'm looking around for something, you know, what would I be eyeing at? It would be something like mm. that. 
Okay. So you actually have something in mind that you're willing to buy if you see it at the Long Island Pen Show. Yeah. And then also, I like, I, I really like pen shows for all of the various, like, tchotchkes and knickknacks that you could possibly mm-hmm. find there. So if there's ads of, of, like, Parker Vax or, I don't know, like, display items of, that were previously used at a store and then they're selling, you know, just, like, little odds and ends there that just, you know, could, like, I could use in Instagram pictures or on, on TikTok videos or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. just to kind of fill out the, the landscape, so... Mm, that's interesting because I actually think the same way. Actually, not with the ad thing because the only like vintage like marketing material that I have is some Conklin stuff that my dear friend, God bless her soul, Lynn, Lady VG, mm-hmm. sent before she passed. She sent it to a, sent it to me, a gift to me and my wife, and the gift to me was some Conklin stuff, and it was vintage marketing material, and I thought that was really cool. So I have that in like a display case in my living room with some yeah. seashell boxes she had sent me. And cool. it, it is kind of cool. It's like a real piece of history. That's the only vintage marketing material stuff I actually own. Maybe I'll pick up some more now that you mention it just for like TikTok yeah. and Instagrams. But what yeah. is also interesting is what drives you to spend money isn't just interest in pens. It's also so that you can use it for Instagram and social media purposes. Yeah, I wonder. Well, I mean, it, it'll look great on my desk any other point. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's just like anything else I have in my little deskscape that I have. It looks, uh, I like it there. I, I But then I'll buy, let's say, a piece and think, oh, you know, this will look cool on the desk. But then also at the same time would look good like if I had it as part of like the background scenery. I mean, you look at some uh, people who make content on either Instagram or TikTok, and they obviously have an aesthetic that is just down pat. Like they have right. everything's like the antique look. Uh, I could think of a few like Sky Bambi is one of them, mm-hmm. and uh, there's just there's a lot of them that I'm just blanking out. Uh, making memories with Hale, I think her name is too. Yeah, um, but there's 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 a few of them that they just have like such a great setup, desk setup that I'm like, oh man, I wish I, if I could have that and then just be able to put like my paper and write on it it would kill because like i would just have so much of this really nice nostalgic antique looking stuff and it just has such a great vibe about it that matches with writing yeah no that's that's cool i actually wonder now now that we're talking about it how many people when you buy stuff are influenced to buy something because of its utility to share on instagram right so mm-hmm. I guess in a way, when you buy a pen, does the urge to kind of show it off push you over the hump and get you to pull the trigger or not? I kind of feel that that's very much the thing when I see certain limited editions go buck wild. And then all of a sudden you see after it's shipped, you see people mm-hmm. posting on social media on the, like Reddit or Instagram and, and things like that, and they just are flooding it because they were it's, it's they love it, great, but at the same time, I think it's like also a factor of like that they're kind of you know showing it off a little bit. Yeah, Thanks. but I'm good. I'm good too. But I also yeah. like that. I, I also okay. like that that can actually affect a person's like Thanks, Sophia. She's decision just, to she's, make a purchase. She's just handed me a uh, a brownie. 
Oh, cool. what kind of brownie is it? Is it gonna give you like paranoia in like twenty minutes yeah. and make you freak out? Yeah, my my thirteen year old daughter just made me a pop brownie. Right? <laughs> you never know. You never yeah. know. But yeah, I, I I'm actually I'm gonna be very honest. I may not buy a lot of stuff when I go. You're gonna be looking for handouts. I know you. No, I'm actually. Yeah, not. I don't have time. I don't have. You're gonna time be like, so uh, you see the shirt here. Uh... <laughs> Don't you know who I am? No, I don't have time, man. I've been so busy. You know I've been busy. I've only called you like three times in the week, and that's uh, it's, it's th- rare. That's, yeah, that's my like... phone's been really silent lately. <laughs> right when when I'm not blowing up your phone, you know that I, I got I'm swamped with work. But I think what I'm going there for mostly is to take a couple of my friends to their first fountain pen show. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it can't be a bigger show. But Long Island is good. I like Long Island. I just wish yeah. Sometimes that... the big shows are too overwhelming, though. Yeah. It's going to be busy because it's a Saturday that we're going. Mm-hmm. So if we went uh, to a Saturday of any other show, it would be like you're trying to fit through the narrow, like you know, you're trying to make your way through crowds of people. But it'll probably mm-hmm. be more of like a chill atmosphere, like a Friday would be or a Sunday. Like it's not going to be like a typical Saturday at Penn show. So they actually get to talk to some of the vendors, some of the people that we know, and meet them. Right. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to introducing them and helping them make purchases because I know that they're definitely making purchases. One of my buddies, Jimmy, he's he's got this some course coming up where he's going to have to do a lot of writing. And he was asking about a good quality paper if there's any paper manufacturers there. I'm like, no, listen, there's not going to be paper manufacturers there. There are plenty of retailers that will be there that will be able to sell you paper and stuff like that. It's going to be it's going to be a lot of a lot of options. So I'm looking forward to just walking around and talking about pens and showing them pens and using my experience to help them make purchases that they wouldn't otherwise make. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like I love buying vicariously through other people. I found That's that ex- too. That is exactly what I'm going to be doing. Especially if they're dropping be- major bucks, I'm just kind of like, yeah, you really should go with that one, you know? Like I mm. I love I love being able to help in the decision making without having to have the responsibility of the payment uh, of the decision right, making. Right, right. The, the Long Island Pen Show is I don't know if they have good internet or not, but it seems like DC always has a problem. Right. Oh yeah, that's like a dead zone. Yeah, and I, I always think they gotta fucking fix that shit because I remember there was this one vendor that made a big sale. The guy used a credit card, took the product, thinking he paid, and he left. And then what ended up happening? I think this is this is kind of what happened. The vendor ended up thinking the guy did it intentionally. Called called the Virginia troopers the cops and wanted to file a report for grand larceny because the guy took all these all this product and didn't pay but in reality the transaction just couldn't go through because of the internet it just stalled yeah because the yeah connection and i don't know i don't know what's the recourse for that vendor does he go after the marriott does he reach out to the guy i mean how would he reach out to the guy I, i don't know but it just seemed like if if you're gonna have a show in your facility, whatever you are, whether you're a college or whether you're a, a hotel, just, you know, make it decent with internet so vendors can charge shit. So I don't know. I always recommend bring cash because bring cash and leave credit cards at home. And here's my reasoning. And this is probably a very common thought. It's the same thing as gambling. 
You go to the tables thinking you're only going to lose $1,000. And then when you're done with that 1000 you stop. You don't keep going. Mm-hmm. And I think for pen shows, it's the same thing. Yeah. I think you, that... You want to be able to... Well, not only that, but like... Also, too, is that I think a lot of the vendors and, you know, a lot of them are old school and are willing to dicker over the amount that you're going to spend. And I know yeah. you like that word. I, I do. Know you like I love it. it. I was just so, about to make a comment on it before you stole the – stole. I'm tired today and you, you're stealing a lot of, like, zingers away from me. You're like a, <laughs> I'm behind you by a second, you know? It's the, it's the laggy internet. Sorry. Yeah, it must be. <laughs> But yeah, no, so, so so cash so cash is king. You know, if if they got to run a card, it's going to cost them, you know, somewhere between three and five percent to charge that card. You know, mm-hmm. maybe maybe they could take like ten bucks off of it, or they could take twenty, or, or the, you know, like they could work with you if they're if they're dealing in cash. Because also too is that when they let's say report their you know transactions and they they have their transactions listed on their account if it's electronic. You can't really say, oh, well, I didn't, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, if they've got cash, they could just kind of be like, oh, well, I just I, uh, pocket the cash after that sale, whatever. So yeah, it, they, it, they can, you yeah. know, in, they can commit in, in tax, tax fraud. fraud. Yeah. Right. <laughs> on, a, on a low level. I'm not endorsing that. It's a pen show. If somebody's, if somebody's there selling their collection personally, they mm-hmm. may be more apt to just be like, I will take cash. And if, if you got cash, I'll knock off something for you so right that's cool i don't work for the irs i don't think anybody else does and if you if you do work for the irs please hit stop on this episode and then go somewhere else (laughs) and or or fast forward like five minutes and then forget everything we just said in the last couple of minutes but no i think that cash is a good idea because it's just going to be simpler you can haggle a little bit more if i do buy something it has to be something unavailable on websites it has to be something i've never seen before it has to be unique and i don't know what that's going to be but also that wonder and curiosity is also what i'm looking forward to you know what i mean just exploring what's there yeah i'm also excited about running into friends like guys from kenro and the fountain pen hospital and linda kennedy and mike kennedy and catching up people that follow the podcast because there's yeah Bound to be maybe like one person that's heard of both of yeah. us before. So yeah, and they get a free T-shirt when they come up to us. So, but Tom has we to might, be there. We might be able to clothe their entire family with T-shirts, <laughs> right? But Tom has to be there. And if you want to take the whole stack to make curtains, go for it. It won't make for very good curtains, though. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> right? But I'm really excited about it because I haven't been to a pen show in a very long time. The last mm. one I went to, I think, was was the DC show that we went to together, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I may end up making a faux pas. Like, I might forget where I am because I haven't been to one in such a long time. Yeah. Hey, hey didn't we go to an unlimited meat, all-you-can-eat The Brazilian. Yeah, yeah, the, the Brazilian, Brazilian one. So this this time we're going to go to a Korean place. What do you think? That's like, like I said, that's awesome. I love uh, yeah. Korean barbecue. It's good with me. So then, bring your appetite and bring your dad because your dad could throw down steak. He <laughs> he, he almost out ate me, but did not out eat me. Do you mm. remember? Yeah. No, I wasn't counting. So, oh, I, I'm watching everybody. I'm like, 
lightweight, lightweight, light. Whoa, <laughs> Tom's dad. Holy cow. Get, let me get two more orders over here, please. Oh, he's having three. Let me get four more orders over here, please. Right? So that was a good time. So I'm glad. I'm definitely glad that you're going. Any more things you wanted to talk about? I know you texted me. You wanted to talk about some fountain pen show etiquette. And I, we've been over this in a different episode, but has anything come up for you? Uh, well, we were just talking about cash is, is a good option to go with, limits you in the budget, and also allows you some of that maneuver to negotiate. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as exploring the various tables, one of the things that I will always try to keep in mind is look but not touch. And because it's like some of these pens like we're thinking of may be vintage, they may be 80 plus years old, they... You know, you're not not sure if they have a screw off cap or a pull off cap. So, I you know, I would just be on the safe side. And if you see something that's really really interesting, that you're like, ooh, I have to ask first, because like some collection, some collectors who are also tabling as vendors may not want you to just touch all of their pens. I know I I I would be very like nervous about that, especially if they are one of a kind pieces that are not replaceable. So that would be one thing is just be very mindful about if you want to pick up a pen, I would ask the, you know, ask questions of the vendor, ask about it, and then, you know, ask to hold it. It's fine, you know, but if they're going to decline that, I wouldn't necessarily get like upset by it, but at the same time be like, "Mm," you know, like if I was seriously interested, I'd be like, I would really like to, you know, at least hold it, open it up, take a look at the nib and just see if everything's cool with it. So yeah, fair enough. I, most people are are okay with it, but it just is a matter of like, especially with like the vintage stuff. It's like, especially if you don't know what it is that you're looking at. If you're looking at a Pilot Metropolitan, or you're looking at a Parker Vacumatic from like the 1940s. Like you you need to kind of you need to like kind of ask a little bit first, and then understand what it is that you're going to be picking up because one vendor might be like, oh yeah, just pick up anything you want to. And then another one's mm-hmm. going to be like, oh, whoa, 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 hold on one second. That's like a hundred or a $200 pen or $5,000 pen. Like they're not just going to want like everybody putting their hands all over it and like right. opening up the nib and then pressing it on the table or like, or like filling around with the filling system or unscrewing something that's not supposed to be unscrewed or pulling something that's, something, you know, there's just so much you could mess up with a pen and you wouldn't want to see that happen to something that is so dear and precious to you. Right. You brought up another good point that I wanted to just reiterate and piggyback piggyback off of is the screw cap versus pull cap. Just always assume it's a screw cap and don't yank and pull. Because I remember when I was at the DC Pen Show where I, I can't remember what year was it. Was it 21? I don't think it was 21. Was it 21? The DC Pen Show you and I went to? No, uh, yeah, it had to be yes. 21. It certainly wasn't 22. So in 2021, we went to the DC Pen Show and I bought a piece from Ryan Krusak. It was the Dragon Pen, right? And I noticed later after I bought it that the threads on the inside of the cap were just shredded. And it turns out people would just walk up and like idiots just <laughs> and then pull the whole thing apart. It's a screw cap, you fucking asshole. You know, if it and here's the craziest thing. If you have a screw cap and it doesn't come off, why do you just insist until it just shreds off? Would you do that with anything else in the world? No. So don't do it to an expensive pen. Twist. 
If it keeps twisting forever, then maybe it's a snap cap. Uh, maybe it's a snap cap. And if you're not if it, sure, also also too, is what may happen is that if you screw if you're screwing it and then the barrel comes out and you're and you have no nib or or section, that means it's it's a, it's usually a screw cap because you've just right. unscrewed the barrel instead of right. the cap from the pen. Right, and you can always just ask the vendor. So right, hey, that's uh, well, that's that's really the key part. Cap? I think that I think that the key part and the part that I enjoy the most, and I think that that you could really get the most out of in your pen show experience is to communicate and ask questions of all the vendors. Any anybody that right. has anything interesting to you, chat them up. That's what they're there for. That's what like most of them are there to really connect with customers, connect with people in a way that you can't do. 364 days out of the year or however many 100%. days minus the days that you're at pen shows. So it's, it's a great opportunity to connect with people in the pen community. It's a great opportunity to like learn more about pens. So if something interests you, I would just go straight. Cause it's not like you're shopping around in staples or office max. Mm-hmm. If office max exists anymore. Um, but it's not like you're shopping around at staples where you're having this person who's working there and they don't really know a bit from, a, a waterman you know like they're like they're, they're these people at the show know their stuff mm-hmm. so ask them questions chat them up have a full-blown conversation about the first pen that you've ever written with people love going into those autobiographical stories mm-hmm. and talking about pens and where they got them from and you know how they had to smuggle it in their butthole during some sort of you know flight where they couldn't take pens aboard the airplane i don't know just i'm just making up stories so yeah did you ever have trouble transporting a fountain pen (laughs) (laughs) so yeah never heard that story is there something that you want to share with us in terms of transporting fountain (laughs) pens across state lines well let's just well let's just say that an eyedropper pen when you have the safety valve engaged will not leak out of your butthole Okay. I expect this kind of talk from me, from you. I'm actually, I'm proud. I'm very proud. I'm proud of you. But I missed, I missed, uh, I missed being here last week. So yeah, you missed a good episode. It. You really missed a good episode. Well, we can't. We the, you couldn't talk like that the last episode either. No, I wasn't going to talk about buttholes to Doctor Getch. It just, but it, it just I, didn't seem... I could tell though, just just reading her from listening that. I think she would have been down if you I wanted so to too. get a little, yeah. Because she, she even threw down the hippopotamus comment. I was like, "Yes." Has she been listening to the podcast? Because like we throw down, <laughs> we throw down about hippopotami all the time. Yeah, but what do you, hippopotami? Yeah, that's not the, a real word, <laughs> is it? Would you like a brownie? <laughs> I think you might want to ask your daughter about what's actually in that brownie. Because you're, you're acting a little odd. Oh, it might just blow blood sugar. Well, you, you wouldn't experience that so severely if you were on the keto diet, which I know. I'm just getting, I'm getting the, the, uh, the high, the, the contact high from just smelling it. That's what really mm-hmm. it is. Like the brownie right. smell is just intoxicating right now. Nice. Yeah. But going back to communicating with the vendors at a pen show, yes, they're a source of great information. And don't be shy about talking to them, but also be careful. I have had vendors at shows. I can't remember which show. I do remember the vendor, but I'm not going to mention names because I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because 
some vendors will tell you inaccurate information such as, oh yeah, this is definitely a one of our exclusives and this is a special pen show price. But then I go and look it up and I find out that it's available other places and it's not a special price, right? Mm -hmm. So internet may suck, but you can always just verify information on yeah. your cell phone before you clunk down cash. Now, obviously, if you're dealing with vintage stuff, right, prices may vary. One guy might be selling a vintage 1910 Conklin Crescent Filler for $185. Another guy might be selling it for $300. The price doesn't always necessarily mean one is better than the other. It just means that they have different standards for pricing stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So... Well, one may also need some work on it or may visibly be right. of less condition than the other, especially when you're talking the, the old, old stuff. Mm -hmm. But you know what would have been I've nice was to, was to see a list of vendors, a complete list of vendors, or at least somewhat, because it says over 75 vendors, and then they proceed to only put five of them or six of them on this list and then not mention who else is going to the show. So, But do they even say many more? It says, and many more. Okay, so that kind of covers the rest. But yeah, yeah, you're right. It would be nice if there was a big list. Right? But one of imagine... the... One... Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm saying, can you imagine if you went to like the new Baskin Robbins? 75 flavors, chocolate, vanilla, strawberry, and more. And many more. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hmm, what are the more? You know, I'd like to know. But, you know, I mean... Why wouldn't they post that? Why wouldn't they put yeah. that information up? Well, one of the nice things you could do at most other pen shows like San Francisco or DC, uh, with last year's DC being, you know, one of the more well-organized DC shows, I think, in terms of its marketing and advertising for it, because they, especially San Francisco, they list every single, they even put, give you a map of where all of the vendors are. So mm -hmm. that way you can plan yourself effectively. It's like, oh, I really want to go hit the Franklin Christoph table right away to go buy a prototype. Then I'm going to go bounce over to uh, Mark Bacchus's table because I made an appointment with him to, you know, do a few of my nibs and the mm -hmm. grind architect nibs or whatever, needle points, you know. So then I could go bounce over to this one. You know, it's like so you actually can make somewhat of a plan and then budget yourself accordingly to be like, I'm going to do this, this, this. This is going to be like my top wish list of things I want to do and then whatever else I'm just going to browse you mm -hmm. know but you can't do that if you don't know exactly who's going to be there yeah you also can't plan how much money you should bring too right so like what if you right. say hey I'm only going to bring 300 bucks but you forgot that Franklin Kristoff is going to be there and then you yeah. walk by and you're like shit they're here fuck I really <laughs> like their stuff and then now there's a monkey wrench in your plans yeah right that's it. So, I blew my fountain pen kitty, and then that's it. I don't nothing yeah. left. I think, I think they should do a better job with that whole website altogether. Yeah, it's like a very. I think them and Fountain Pen Hospital need serious work on their website. I really think they do. By the way, they're having a fountain pen event on November fourth. Did you hear about that? Oh yeah. Oh, is that like for Fountain Pen Day? Yeah, Fountain Pen Day. They invited me to come down. Ken Rowe is going to be there. They invited me to come down and, and you know, do some stuff with them and whatnot. And, you know, I love cool. Terry and I love those guys. Do you want to come to that? Or is that kind of a conflict? That's kind of a conflict for you, right? Well, I don't know. I, will I be escorted out of the premises? <laughs> you know, it's like a scene you, as the enemy. <laughs> have you seen Fountain Pen Hospital's website? 
There's nothing about that website that would indicate to you that they have the capacity to Google you and know who you are on YouTube. It's so archaic. I really wish that they would update it because they could do so much more business. I mean, I, I just, I wish that they did more than they did because they could, they just don't. You know what I mean? Like yeah, we could hire, we could hire Neville to, to redo their website. That would, Ooh. that would help them. Neville, remember Neville from a few weeks ago? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He was. I I think that he's not a website guy. He's just a copywriter. So he yeah, would be but at least to... it could like it could help with the overall. I mean, yeah, he's not going to go in and code the website for them, but right. he's going to be able to like you know say it's like oh well you're you know your ideally your your page should have some sort of big statement right in the front that says oh buy this pen or like this is amazing that sort of mm -hmm. thing. You could tell I write words you, all the time. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I've noticed that you have been using his recommendations with your newsletter. Mm -hmm. You know how yeah. I noticed? Because I don't ignore them as much. Oh, nice. And I realize because a lot of times I'll look at my emails and I'll scan the email. And if there's too much, I just won't read it. Yeah. So what I've been noticing now is I'm catching the bullets. For some reason, there's something about scrolling through a page and I see bullet points that makes me stop and look at them. And then I pay attention to it. So that's why he makes the big bucks. I like that yeah, you can't argue with that. Yeah. So I, actually... I really I, I really took it to, you know, I, as, as humbling as it was, I took it to heart and I was like, you know what? He's making some solid points and I yeah. cannot... I cannot say that he's wrong, you know, I had to mm. just go with it and then test and just see what, what the result was. And, and I kind of, I, I also feel the same way too. I think it, it reads quicker and is more like, is more clear to, mm -hmm. uh, to people to like understand right off the bat. This is what this pen's about. This is, mm -hmm. these are the benefits of it. This is why I should get it. So, yeah, you know, what's funny is. I'm I'm glad that you were able to take that in. I I didn't realize until later that I really threw you under the I put you on the spot with that. I didn't I didn't realize that that's putting you on the spot or made you feel like oh my gosh you know. And then when he tore it apart, I didn't realize that it was humbling because you know you know me in my life I'm used to people telling me I'm shit all the time. So mm. any criticism I get it doesn't really humble me ever. However. When it's good criticism, it informs me. And I think maybe that state of being is, in a way, humble. I don't know. But I can see why that... I mean, I, I, don't, I have to say this carefully because I don't want to make you sound like a pansy. I can see why that would make you <laughs> feel kind of bad at the moment, right? Yeah. It, well, I mean, R at the same time, too, we established that I follow him. I get mm -hmm. his... I take his advice normally when I read his newsletter and stuff and I'm like, Oh, that's really interesting. Maybe I could apply this or whatever. Mm -hmm. And we've also determined in that episode that I basically bum all this information for free while he offers a paid course that I could be participating in, but yet continuing to take his information for free. So then you're like, Hey, why don't you rip apart one of his emails and, right. and the content that he does and, you know, gives, so it's just, it just was on, on many levels. It, it really did like it, a, a, a more egotistical person would have really gotten defensive about it and be like, Oh, oh no, it's like, but I was just like, you right. know what? All right. I, I'll play along. I, I want to do it. Cause like not only what it, is it fun for the show because you actually see him in action and he comes, he comes alive and he does his thing. 
But at the same time, it's like, I was like, you know what? This is, this is, I, I do this for a living. I write stuff about pens for a living and, and, and do marketing and stuff like that. So I could benefit from this. And mm -hmm. despite the fact that it's going to be kind of embarrassing because somebody's going to critique my work, I'm, I'm, I'm used to it as well. So like, mm -hmm. but like just to do it in front of an audience and then also, also with you there too, I'm just like, damn it, man. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I wasn't the, in truth. I wasn't embarrassed for you either. You know what I mean? I was like, Oh, look at that. That's a, that's a good idea. Yeah. He could use that. I was, that's how I was thinking. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not like watching an episode of that show where the guy comes in to the restaurant. What's it called? Or, uh, or Hell's bar. Kitchen. Or, Is oh, you talk, talk about John Taffer from uh, Bar Rescue. I think it's Bar Rescue, but he'll, yeah. he'll literally just be like, you know, you guys are fucking out of your minds. You got to shut this place down. This is disgusting. Yeah. Shut it's it not down. Like, right. It's not like that. I thought the criticism was really, really awesome. And then somebody started posting on Instagram. Good on Tom for being able to just stand there and take it in the face. <laughs> like and stuff like that and then that's when i was like oh shit was i being really inconsiderate about that but no it was fine i ex i expect these things from you almost mm. so you you always yeah. you always like find you know where my comfort zone is and you just you could put you push me a little bit outside of it and i'm i'm fine with that i like i like having i like being challenged like that so when what other times have i pushed you outside of your comfort zone <laughs> no it's like it's like you like like when we do, like if we do videos together or whatever, I'm mm -hmm. not like used to not only just doing videos with other people because it's usually just me, mm -hmm. but like at the same time of like acting, you know, and stuff like oh. it's not, it's not my wheelhouse. Like you've been, right. you've, you've trained or have taken acting classes in the past before. So like, that's not my usual thing. So, mm. so you know what I find though, one of the things about training in performing arts and not necessarily just when it comes to acting is doing things that let me let me rephrase so listen we we live in a society we have to behave right if i stood outside and i told you to bark like a dog or cluck like a chicken for 30 seconds you'd be like dude get a grip of yourself right <laughs> So I think one of the one of the things that makes an artist able to be an artist is to break down. I have this one eyebrow that hair that's like all over the place is to be <laughs> able to break down that inhibition of being judged and do crazy things like that. And when I say crazy, I'm talking about things that are like barking like a dog or singing a song in public out of nowhere. So that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking crazy right. like like dive skydiving without a parachute or doing crazy stunts that get people killed and stuff i'm i'm watching on tiktok people doing some stupid shit and it's made me decide to stop looking at tiktok like <laughs> a guy is laying down on top of a cooler on a car that's driving really fast with another car perpendicular to the one he's on with the doors open and he flies straight through it right wow so, the car goes underneath this top, the second car, and the doors are open, so they have to time it just right at the right speed so that he f continues. The inertia takes him through the car with the doors open and lands back on the first car. And I was just like, this is the dumbest thing. Did I'm not going to watch that, right? I'm not going to watch people do crazy <laughs> shit like that. But if somebody's 
is just walking down the street and suddenly whips out a violin and starts playing, right? I'll watch that, you know? Yeah. I'll, I'll watch stuff like that. But I think pushing boundaries and doing things you're uncomfortable with safely is, I think, one of the key things to artistic expression. Trying things that break rules. Not laws. I want to be very social, clear. Social right. norms. Rules. And social rules. Yeah. Right. Right. So, like, if you've never heard a song that come or or a band play that combines an electric guitar and a trombone, if you've never heard that before, then fucking try it. The worst that can happen is that it sucks and you don't do it again, which is right where you started. Who cares, right? So that's mm -hmm. how I am with it. That's how I am with everything. And I don't know. Not these days. I've been so busy. But yeah, I, you know, I'm glad that you feel like I push you out of your comfort zone. I guess. <laughs> no, it's but a just a thing. little bit. Yeah, just a it's little. It's a good bit. thing. Not, I'm not, not too like, much. I'm not like, hey, Mike Tyson wants to fight a, a Joe on the street. Tom, get in there, right? <laughs> I wouldn't do that, right? Because not not only are you uncomfortable with that, I'm not comfortable with you being physically disfigured for the rest of your life, right? Cause, yeah, that's, that's awfully considerate of you. Yeah, I, I know you're in shape. And I love you, Tom. I'm not fighting Mike Tyson. I just, no. don't, I just don't think you have a chance against Mike Tyson. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know he's 56 years old, but all he has to hit do is hit you, and that's the equivalent of being hit by a Mack truck. Mm -hmm. Right? So I, I yeah. want to make it clear. Tom is not calling out Mike Tyson at this time in the show. <laughs> I just so. want to make it clear if Mike Tyson is listening, right. now you'll want to you want to email the Pentertainment podcast, but just <laughs> make sure make sure you just don't include Tom. <laughs> just attention it to me. No. We'll I'm not challenging things. Tyson. You're the one challenging Tyson. Why is mm. he going to address it to me? <laughs> mm. But yeah, did you enjoy the show with Sarah Getch? I did. I did. Uh, there was, I mean, you were right. It's like I was like, ah, you know, this the, the things that I would have wanted to, like, pick her brain about a little bit. I mean, not that the grizzly bear conversation was extremely stimulating, and it was, it was funny because she turned it and was it was talking about this one, uh, this one interviewer on was a channel four or something like that, saying like, oh, mm -hmm. it's really wild, and would all of a sudden be like. Be like, hey, what do you think of am uh, amphetamines or whatever? Right. Like this this bright red pill, and, and it's like as like you know that that type of person where it just all of a sudden just goes off on a tangent, and I'm just like I'm just like laughing as I'm listening to that because I was I, like I, I was like what was the bear conversation about if it, if not a tangent? <laughs> yeah. And then you brought it up. I was like, yes, finally. <laughs> no, she's good people. She's very smart. I, I, if you guys haven't listened to episode number 137, I definitely suggest that you go and do that because she – hold on. I got a sneeze brewing. It's about it's about writing and mental health. So right. writing, benefiting mental health and also writing and how it can also benefit learning and studying too. So uh, one of the things I found interesting was she talking about the studies of, of that handwriting versus using like – you know, digital stuff to, or also using the tablet with the stylus mm -hmm. pen. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I wonder because the human race has grown with, has, has grown in the last, however long we've been using implements to either carve out into stone tablets, wax tablets, whatever, uh, scribes and things like that. We've, we've put 
pen to surface to etch out things for at least what like a couple thousand years i would mm -hmm. say i mean but granted it wasn't as democratized and widely available because only the more aristocratic class or the ones that were serving directly underneath the the rulers the the ones that were that weren't your commoners or your peasants and things like that were mm -hmm. able to were, knew how to write first of all knew how to read and and had the implements available because because those were very expensive to have uh you know that they weren't widely available like they are today but i'm wondering if that somehow evolutionary uh, evolutionary speaking has like has like taken us and has made us more prone to being receptive to writing by hand because of the fact that we've been doing it for so long and if and if because technology and the keyboard has only been around for the last century so it's only been around for basically you know a few generations out of the many 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 that have come before if at a certain point it will become more natural for the human brain to be wired to use other means besides the because right now it seems like the pen is the way to go but what if over time with prolonged exposure to technology that we end up becoming more capable or or more proficient at using technology over the 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 pen and paper technique that's an interesting question that you actually bring up because I, I think it would take thousands and thousands of years and then it has to be in the absence of writing or any other option, right? So right. like when when we were shaved monkeys, we would write stuff on walls with rocks because we didn't have any other option. That was the best way. So over time, human beings evolved from what we were to what we are now using that method. Now there's a new method and maybe you're right maybe in several thousand years if technology completely takes over and there is no option other than typing maybe that will be the only option the brain will adapt to that and then when a new option comes out be it a more advanced version of like i don't know like tongue biting i don't know it's like i don't know <laughs> something else that comes up that's different it'll take time for our brains to be able to adapt to a new version of of writing, recording, and learning, and and stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's, it's you know it's going to be wild because I I think that you know we haven't uh, with technology like I think we're on just like stepping stones to something that's going to be bigger than we've ever imagined because is I don't think that anybody like in the early twentieth century knew this is how the 21st century was going to start with what we have available to us and the level of communication that we're capable of so you know i i can't even it's it's beyond my capabilities to even think about what it's going to be like in the 22nd century and you're going to be like the mm. like like the uh, the way that we communicate will be on a completely different level than what we're even used to right now no not just that it's a matter of also acceptance what people accept as a normal thing like before the fountain pen came up it was just acceptable and normal for every desk to have an inkwell and right. for every desk to have a quill and to carry the inkwell around if you had to was just accepted right like nobody ever stops to question hey why do we have to carry around our beverages why can't our beverages just manifestate out of the air when we want it you know like no one questioned hey we got to develop a way to get rid of this inconvenience i think they just accept that's the way it is they don't accept that it's an inconvenience so there's no need for the innovation of it right 
until right. someone brilliant comes along like Roy Conklin and is like, hey, let's see if we can get rid of all these things. And then it's a convenience that you can't live without or you don't know you need it until you have it. Kind of like our EarPod Pros, right? Like, I didn't know I needed it until I bought it. Or the Apple Watch. Everybody has an Apple Watch. Nobody needs it until they until they have it and decide that it makes life so much more convenient that they got to have it. So, I still haven't been convinced by the Apple Watch. I still don't have one. Right. But I don't well, know. I, 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 that's you what can I'm convince saying. me. Once, convince me. Once, tell, tell me I should have one, I guess. Okay, you should have one. But once you have one, <laughs> you're going to be like, holy cow, how did I get this far without it? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So... That's I don't know. That's that's the way I see it. I think that the fountain pen came along, be, even though there was no great need for a traveling pen. People didn't really realize how useful it would be until after they had it, and then it became a regular part of life. So, yeah, that's I don't know why we got into this. I, I forgot why we were talking about that. We're talking about the evolution of writing. Oh yeah, so like yeah, like one day we may be like why do we even have to type anything on anything at all why can't yeah, we imagine just being able to it? like jack into people's minds and then be able just to transmit thoughts mm-hmm. without any or words or verbalization nothing just yeah imagine everybody has their own jarvis in their head from iron man you know mm-hmm. tony stark's always talking to jarvis and jarvis just seems to be in his head all the time it doesn't matter where he is Right. Yeah. Imagine, imagine that. Imagine the necessity for a computer on your desk becomes obsolete because it'll just be a hologram image, image that just, you know, like in, in Iron Man. Right. It's That'd not a, awesome. it's not a need, and it's there's no perceived inconvenience of having a computer screen on your desk. Everybody just lives with it. But I guess until someone pushes that boundary and pushes themselves out of their comfort zone. Yeah comfort zone we were to see how i like to bring it all back they're not gonna life. right it's just the circle of the entertainment podcast so <laughs> you know but you know what will still be around at that time the t-shirts the do yeah the t- <laughs> <laughs> yes dweebs like us the t-shirts mm. and fountain pens i think they're not going anywhere they're too awesome they're just too awesome you know what i mean yeah but speaking of awesome, I want to wrap this up, and I want to thank everybody for joining us for episode number 138 of the Penboy Roy Entertainment Podcast. I am looking forward to seeing you if you are going to the Metropol- New York Metropolitan, whatever they want to call it. The Long year. Island Pen Show. The Long Island <laughs> Pen Show. I am very much looking forward to seeing you guys come up to us and say hi. We'll give you a t-shirt and take some selfies and chat and have a good time. I'll introduce you to my friends. Tom, I'm looking forward very much to introducing my friends to you. I think we've gotten past this point in my in our relationship where I think I need to introduce you to my friends. Oh, very you know? nice. Yeah, it's a big commitment. It's a you big know step. I don't put out until I get the, <laughs> the introduction to the friends. So. so, yeah. Anyway, thanks again for listening. Anything else you want to add, Tom, before we sign off? Be well, stay safe and sexy, savage and inky. Whatever. All of them. I did steal your line last week. If, be if wh- you want, here's, here's a brownie. <laughs> <laughs> I think there might be some cannabis in your brownie there, buddy. Anyway, love you guys. Be well, be safe. Stay inky. <laughs>